Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And if I sound funny, it's because I feel like I've been blowing my nose for six straight hours. (laughs) (laughs) So this will be like back in our freshman year of college, like we were talking in the dorm. Yeah. We are are not going to do a whole lot of ASU talk. This is going to be more of a, a NCAA roundup for what's going on in football. And the... Natural place to start is today the selection committee put out its top 25, and just like Matt and I talked about last week, the selection committee would love for the season to end today because you've got four unbeatens from the Power 5 conferences. You've got another conference, the Big 12, that has a team that lost, which makes it so easy to pick your top four. You pick Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, and Washington. Except the selection committee didn't do that. They picked a one-loss Texas A&M team over Washington. Matt, I, I'm hot on this. and Well, I, if you want to give me your opinion first, you probably should because I'm going to take the air out of the balloon. I'll just admit that ahead of time. So tell me, tell me why you're hot, and then I'll come in and I'll just I'll flatten it. All right. Washington's number five. They're on the outside looking in. Ohio State is sixth. Washington is 8-0. Stanford was number seven in the country when they played Washington. The Huskies beat them to a pulp 44-6. Last week, Washington travels to Utah, who was number 17 at the time, and they upend the Utes on the road 31-24. This is not to take anything away from Texas A&M. They're 7-1. Their only loss came at the hands of Alabama. But first, I want to, let's start from the fan perspective. I've watched Alabama beat Texas A&M. I don't have an interest in watching Alabama beat Texas A&M again at a neutral site. So... Uh, let's start there. I'd much rather see a new team lose to Alabama than another Texas A&M lost to Alabama. Sure. Okay. Follow that up with Texas A&M's wins. They beat an overrated UCLA team, an Arkansas team that has one conference win, and they have a solid win over Auburn. Washington has beaten everyone that's been put in front of them, and Texas A&M hasn't. And you're going to get no argument from me that Alabama is the number one team in the country, that Alabama is probably head and shoulders above Washington or Texas A&M. And it's sad for Texas A&M that they don't have, you know, Rutgers on their schedule, but they don't. They had to play them. They lost. Sure. I don't need to see it again. So between my, you know, growing love for Jake Browning, the fact that they're unbeaten, a little bit of Pac-12 homerism – yeah. I don't I don't I don't like it. Well, okay. I'll say I don't disagree with a word you said. My point is simply this. Don't take the bait. Cuz that's what to me this is. This is bait. This is a a made for TV drama and as we discussed, you know, I do agree. I do still think that they'd be very happy if the season ended just like this because it'd be very easy cuz when it comes right down to it, that's what they want. But they don't want it to be simple right now. Simple doesn't sell. Simple doesn't fill an hour and a half on TV. It doesn't make breaking news on ESPN. It doesn't fill sports talk fodder tomorrow morning and tomorrow day. Um, What does is putting Texas A&M ahead of Washington. Because now everybody will get fired up and they'll have exactly these discussions. And look, I love talking sports. There's nothing I love to do more, basically, than talk sports. But this is utterly irrelevant I, I mean and and to point out how irrelevant it is let me ask you do you remember who the number one team was last year in the very first ranking or the number one team in the very first ranking two years ago i have no idea 
I would assume okay. I would assume Alabama I have, only because I have I, no idea who it was last year. It was not Alabama. Alabama wasn't in the top four when the first one came out because they had lo- they had the loss. Um, I will tell you who the number one team was in the very first one, Mississippi State. And that tells you exactly how much it matters because when it came down to it five weeks later, six weeks later, they weren't even a factor because they had lost two or three games and they had lost to Alabama and they lost to Ole Miss, I believe, that year. Um, So it doesn't matter. And I've said this to you from the start. They shouldn't do these rankings. All they exist for is to start debate, which, uh, again, as much as I love to talk sports, I really loathe the embrace debate culture that we've got now in sports, the first take um, you know, undisputed with Skip and Shannon sort of culture we've created. Um, and that's what this exists for. And, and so the cynic in me is going to say um, they, they did this to create talk because, they, because they've made it very clear they don't have to stick to these rankings. They're going to reevaluate every week. So I'll tell you right now, if any of the four teams that are unbeaten finish unbeaten, they will go to the playoff. Everybody can just relax and just chill out. If Washington wins their remaining games and goes 13-0, they will go to the playoff. I guarantee it. I'll put a Callahan Auto Parts-esque guarantee on it. And you can come back and tell me I'm wrong if I'm proven wrong, but I'm not worried that that will happen. I mean, I, I do think you're right that it's the way we're going is to have arguments and have these things. It is both cynical and accurate to think that that's something that would happen with ESPN and the NCAA. Um, on- I mean, I just, I go on to ESPN and, you know, uh, at 4.30 when I'm, when I'm at work and it's breaking news, one loss Aggies ahead of Huskies. And I'm thinking, well, is it boldface breaking news if the one through four or the four unbeaten? And doesn't everybody sort of just greet that with a, eh, whatever. No, I mean, it, it helps. It's, this is, this is a TV show. This is no different than, then, a, you know, a TV show that you know at the end of the season, you know, the bad guy's going to get caught and he's going to pay for his crimes. But, you know, episode six, they got to make you think the bad guy's going to get away with it. Otherwise, you're not going to watch. They want you to keep watching. They don't want it to be boring. Unless you're watching the OJ show, because then the bad guy does get away with it. And then it, it's <laughs> Which a great is show. real. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is reality TV. I mean, why do you, you know, why, why is it that there's always somebody on, you know, the real world or Survivor or whatever show it is that sort of, you know, becomes the, the hot button character because they want that. They want, I mean, you know, they, they draw it up that way. And this is drawn up that way. And, I, and maybe I sound overly cynical, but I truly believe it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat here. I am, I am of the belief that they want drama and putting Texas A&M number four, it means absolutely nothing right now. That's the thing. That's why they can do it. It doesn't mean a thing. They can change their mind next week. They can change their mind in five weeks. They've done it. I mean, remember the first year TCU was in the top three every single poll until the last one when they finished six. And what did they do in that last week? They won by 50 points. But they decided, well, their resume isn't good enough. We're going to drop them to six. So they've proven that they don't have to stick with these rankings. And so it's it's an exercise in creating interest. And... It does, you know, so give them credit. They're getting what they want out of it. But I just, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, if, if we were really legitimately having the debate and, and this meant something right now, I'd be with you 100% on everything you said. I think Washington's resume is better. I think Washington is better. 
Um, and I think, you know, being a conference champion, if they finish as one, should matter. But it will. That's the thing. I think it will matter if, if uh, they get to that point. You know, now what does this tell you if they lose a game and they still win the Pac-12 that the, they might get left out? Yeah, maybe tells you that. Um, but, you know, cross that bridge when you come to it. If they keep winning, they'll be in. And, and you know, so it's, it's just it's like Florida State the first year when they were dropping. Like, just, they just need to keep winning. doesn't matter if they're one, two, three, or four. They just need to get in. And they did. And, and uh, the same thing will happen with this. Yeah. I mean, looking at the rest of it, you've got Michigan in and Ohio State at six. If Ohio State can get by Nebraska this week, that November 26th game in Columbus could be, you know, pretty close to a playoff elimination game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the wrinkle obviously is, you know, that the, the winner of that game would then have another tough game the next week. The loser wouldn't. So, you know, now Ohio State wouldn't be able to afford a loss if it's if it's a second loss probably. But, but Michigan maybe could. I mean, let's – play the theoretical game that Michigan goes 11 and 0 and Ohio State's 10 and 1 and they lose a close game, you know, a, a very competitive game on the road. You know, it might almost work to their advantage that they don't have to play another game. They still might be able to get in if if somebody else loses. You know, again, I I will tell you I believe it will be those four conference champions if that is a way to, you know, if that's feasible. That's what will happen. I they mean, want that. It just it you know it, it makes it easier for everybody if you give it to the four conferences and you got conference champions and you know it's just easier. Everybody's happy. I mean, but the arguments you're making for Michigan Ohio State could be the same arguments to make in the Texas A and M Alabama situation. If Texas, I suppose, if although Texas that really A&M was wins not out. that competitive of a game. I mean, it was thirty three to fourteen, um, and 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 yeah, you're right. You're right. Now I don't believe Texas A and M will win out. Sorry, Greg Powell, I don't. If you're listening, um, oh, he's listening. I, uh, you know, I just, I just don't believe they will. Um, I know they have LSU at the end of the year. I don't know who else they have ahead, um, but I just don't believe they will. I don't think they're really as good as their record indicated. Uh, as you pointed out, who they beat? They beat an Auburn team that doesn't bear any resemblance to the current Auburn team. Uh, Auburn has totally turned it around in the last three weeks from what they were in the first month. Um, Arkansas is not that good. UCLA, man, we know how how mediocre UCLA is. And, and Tennessee is falling off the map. Yeah. Uh, you know, so those so those wins that looked maybe somewhat impressive, they're not really that impressive. Well, and UCLA is just that win's going to look worse and worse with the news yes. now that Rosen's going to be out for the season. Right, right. I mean, they're you know they're three and five and easily could finish four and eight, three and nine. I mean, you know the 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 wheels are coming off there. So. Um, yeah, I just I don't believe they will, and that's another reason why I'm not that fired up about this because I just I just don't believe they'll factor. Now, if they if they prove me wrong and they go 11 and one, and Alabama's 13 and 0, they'll have an argument. Yeah, they will. You know, if that's their only loss, you know. But again, I will tell you, if the four conference champions are undefeated, they're not going to have an argument. It will be those four, and it'll be very simple, and everybody will be happy uh, because that will make a difference when it comes down to it. Now, Clemson's effectively through the hardest part of their schedule. Um, they've got the rivalry game with South Carolina to end the right. year. But the the next big test for them looks like it's going to be either UNC or Vatek in the conference yeah. title game. And neither of those teams were on Clemson's regular season schedule. So that, to me, is a more interesting game than an Alabama A&M rematch. Oh, it would be, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that, you know, the way Clemson has played 
this year, every game is kind of interesting. Like you would, you would think, looking at who they have left in the regular season, that they should be able to roll and get to twelve and zero. But they've played games close that that shouldn't be close. I mean, they they should have lost to NC State. There's a point blank kick, thirty three yards, and they get beat. Um, and you know, and NC State really not that good of a team. You know, they got blown out the next week by Louisville. They got beat by Boston College last week. So, you know, nothing's a gimme. I think they still have Syracuse who can put up points. They still have Pitt who can put up a lot of points. Uh, they have Wake Forest who has a really good defense, terrible offense, but a good defense. And South Carolina who's growing a little. So I'm, I'm has I mean I still I think they'll win those games, but I don't see any of those games as gimmies with the way Clemson's played this year. Just feels like they're going to have to grind out every single one. And then the number one team is Alabama. They have to survive LSU and Auburn. Yeah. I yeah, think they will. And, and they've got a, a two-week vacation between those games uh, with Mississippi State and I think Chattanooga or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, the, their biggest roadblock is this week with LSU. LSU's got got some momentum going. Um, you know, Fournette is playing great. and, and Coach O, if, if you fire your coach midseason, you want Coach O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they just, you know, you – you never would have guessed six weeks ago that it, we'd even be talking about this being competitive. But, you know, LSU seems to have a little fire to them. It is at LSU. Um, you know, Fournette's got, got a chance to sort of reverse what happened last year, where last year we handed him the Heisman for the first two months. He had the bad game against Alabama, and he fell off the radar. This year, kind of the opposite. Like, he hasn't been on the radar at all. He's been injured. But he goes out and puts up a monster game against Alabama, and they win. And all of a sudden, he's he's back in that mix. So, uh, you know, things things tend to change quickly with the Heisman picture in November. He's got a chance with the schedule they've got to throw himself right in there. Well, on the Heisman, ESPN's Heisman watch has Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Jake Browning uh, as the top three. Yeah. Not in that order. But yeah. My first question to you is not who's going to win or who has it at this point or anything like that. My question mm-hmm. to you is, if Jabril Peppers plays at this level the rest of the season, does he deserve an invite to New York? I think he would, yeah, and I think he would get one. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh's a smart guy, and, and I believe Jim Harbaugh made sure to get this narrative out there of him playing 10 positions and and you know, the 10 positions are a little bit liberal. Uh, I mean, you know, he's playing nickel corner really a different position from playing corners coaches I guess would tell you it is I don't know but it sure sounds sexy played 10 positions in a game and he did all these things and he's a great player no doubt and you know he's the the uh the prototype for him to win this award is right there with his you know fellow Michigan player 20 years ago that sort of was off the radar a little bit had that big game against Ohio State to end the year and he won the award and, he, you know, everybody was handing it to Peyton Manning all year, and Charles Woodson got it. And that that uh, script could be playing out again, because if that Ohio State game is as big as we think it will be, he goes out and has a great game, he has a return touchdown, he has an interception, something like that, and they win, he's got a chance to, to steal that award, because hype matters. You know, what happens in November does matter to the Heisman more than September and October. Probably shouldn't, but it does. So let me ask you this. Charles Woodson is doing ESPN now for the NFL. Yeah. The Saturday, or the uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game, is Charles Woodson standing in the end zone Michigan's going to 
just in case Peppers takes a ball in <laughs> so that they can both do a Heisman pose next to each maybe, other. Maybe, maybe. And Desmond Howard might be there too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the – that's been the moment, you know, put that performance on. I mean, Keith Jackson, you know, labeled it for Desmond Howard, right, Dad? And, and and then a few years later, it was Charles Woodson in that same game. So, yeah, possible. I mean, I think he's got a shot to win it. Um, you know, right now, to me, it's, it's Lamar Jackson in a runaway. But the interesting thing is, you know, most – you look at recent years and the guys who've won – they haven't maybe even been on the radar at the end of October. Johnny Manziel wasn't really considered a Heisman candidate at that point. It was the Alabama game that really thrust him into our focus. Um, Robert Griffin really wasn't. You know, He had a couple great games at the end of the year, beat Oklahoma, beat Texas. He won the award. Uh, Derrick Henry last year, at this point of the year, was not really on the short list and, and then has a big game, has the big game against Auburn, the SEC title game, and he wins the award. So... It's up for grabs. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson would win it if it was today, but it's not. And the next five weeks will will dictate a lot. One thing that's going to be interesting is what kind of publicity does Louisville get the rest of the way? They right. ha- they've had their big games. They've they had have. their national TV games. And it's yeah. one of those things where if he holds serve the rest of the way, will people yeah. just be bored because they're not Agreed. the marquee games anymore? It's, it's absolutely that. you know. And it's funny because I – I picked Lamar Jackson preseason on the notion a lot that people would be bored with Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey and they'd look for the new flavor of the month. But Lamar Jackson got off to such a great start and they had those marquee games early that they might get bored of him. You know, it's, it's almost like the reason I picked him is now working against him because he's been the, the name on the top of the list since maybe week three when they beat Florida State. And, and now it's like we're, you know, we're always looking for the next name. And so unless he puts up ungodly numbers in this last month, I just have a feeling he might not win it, even if he's deserving of it. Because if somebody like Peppers, like Fournette, uh, like Deshaun Watson maybe closes strong, uh, maybe somebody we're not even thinking of. Again, I mean, that's, that's the thing the last few years. It's guys who, who you're not even considering. And all of a sudden they have a big November and they end up winning the award. I mean – Jake Browning is leading an undefeated team yeah, from out of nowhere. Has a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, you just you just never know. I mean, I, I really think the name that I would, would say, and like I said, it, it's kind of totally the opposite of the previous year, is Fournette. Fournette's not on anybody's list right now. He shouldn't be. You know, he, he had the one great game against Ole Miss, but he's, he's missed, I think, three games with injury. But, man, the, the closing stretch for him, it's, it's loaded with marquee games. And it starts right away with Alabama. And, and then they get Florida, and they get Arkansas, and they get A&M. And if he, you know, puts up monster numbers in those games and they go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh through that stretch, especially if the Alabama game is one of the wins, he's got a chance to, to steal the award, even though last year it was handed to him. I mean, it's an interesting pick. I, I certainly think that, like you said, he'll have his opportunity because all those yeah. games, you know, the Alabama game certainly will be the CBS game of the week, and oh, yeah. you could see a, oh, yeah. a few of those other ones, either being that or the ESPN primetime SEC game. Right, right. I mean, I, I go back to Manziel. Manziel won that Heisman because of the Alabama game. You know, he had a great year, no doubt, but the Alabama game is what put him in the focus. He went there. Nobody expected them to win. Pulls off the upset. He has the, you know, the bobble and the touchdown pass to Swope and, and that was the kind of the moment that threw him into the focus. And, 
you know, what we see on Saturday could could go a long ways. If Fournette has, you know, those magical moments and they win. Now, if he doesn't, you know, if he gets stuffed by them, you know, when he gets 40 yards like he did last year, then it's probably over for him. But the opportunity's there if he pulls off a, a great game to, to get right back in the mix. I mean, it certainly will be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. One guy who, when his career started, you thought he would be at this level was Max Brown, and now news coming out of L.A. is that USC has given him permission, unrestricted, to talk to other schools, including Pac-12 schools. He's expected to graduate, uh, and or he's already graduated. He's expected to transfer at the end of the fall season, be ready yeah. at a new school in time for spring ball. You know, this is one of those moments where, good for you, USC, you know, yeah. you, you kind of, by, by giving him the hope of starting and, you know, the, you gave him his opportunity. He didn't win the job. Darnold clearly is going to be the starter now. You, yeah. You know, let him go. Let him find a new place and don't stop him. I mean, he's Definitely. not, he, not going to go to UCLA because he's not going to supplant Rosen, you would assume. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where the fit is for him. Um, you, you saw his limitations are, you know, he's, he's not an athlete. And, and so, you know, an Oregon comes to mind, I guess, but that's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit what they want. Obviously they got a true freshman too, who looks pretty good. Wazoo. Um, Wazoo, possibly if Falk leaves Cal, uh, you know, I suppose would factor, you know, cause Davis Webb will go on and, and, you know, and they, they may look for another one year bandaid. Um, so, you know, there's some options in the conference, I suppose. Um, but maybe some options other places too. Uh, you know, he should he should keep his keep his options open for now. But Washington State does make some sense. He's from from Washington. Um, was recruited heavily by Washington when Sarkeesian was there. Uh, you know, so he's he's got a background there. That'd be a, an interesting fit. You know, I think he probably should go somewhere that's kind of a spread it out, throw it a bunch, and you know, throw from the pocket. And that's that's a place where that would allow him to do it. Absolutely. Uh, so as we move ahead during this ASU bye week, we'll come back at the end of next week with our preview of the Utah game in, in time for that game. Yes. But between now and then, we're going to have a basketball preview and a little something special for our one listener. Uh, that's right. That's right. And our one listener, I hope you like ASU basketball because <laughs> that's what's going to be focused on. Uh, so, you know, study up, get to know these names a little bit because that's what we're going to be talking about. There's some hot. There's some hot recruiting news. There's yes. all, a dose yes. of big men. There's all kinds of things in Bobby Hurley's second year. That's well, right. This this ASU basketball one might be for an audience of two, and it might be the two who are doing the breakdown. But that's okay. We need to get it in anyway. So until that, which I know we've sold, but trust me, <laughs> you're gonna want to check it out. Yes. <laughs> until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>